Hello, and again, welcome to BitDepth. I'm Santiago Ramones. Across from me is... My name is Michael Blanton. I go by Metroid Mike on most of my social medias. Hell yeah. Listen to Metroid Mike. Please. Do that. <laughs> but, okay, so this is the first of these, although I've recorded most of the other ones anyways, and so <laughs> I'm going in some weird, strange order, but... To you, listener, this is the first of these, and so I'm going to be talking about every single track on Bloom daily until its release. And that's fun. Yeah. And so you get, like, special behind-the-scenes look at every single track so that whenever you listen to it and stream it or buy it on Bandcamp, you get extra knowledge and feelings with all the stuff. So first track is home. It's the first thing I ever made. Shoot. yeah shoot shoot your questions at me okay uh so the initial one that i'll get out of the way because i know a bunch of people are going to ask it anyway Mm. so what made you want to write an ambient album i didn't want to like it's it's not like i didn't want to but it's more like did it just come out that way yeah so this album i've been describing it as a time capsule and so this is the first things that I ever made with music. So I had gotten my audio interface and it came with Ableton Live Lite. And this track is the first thing I ever made. Okay. The first recording into a computer. So yeah, it's it's a self time capsule. Yes. Okay. That's, that's cool. I like that idea. Yeah. And so this was in like, I don't know, December of 2013. Mm hmm which was a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> and so instead of like intending to do anything, I, I really just like was trying stuff. I gotcha. And so this track was the first thing I ever tried. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a cool idea. I mean, like my, my old music, when we asked, when I started doing stuff, it's all been deleted from MySpace anyway, because it was all just old crappy yeah. thrash, hardcore stuff in that, sure. er, in that early kill switch engage phase. <laughs> I'm glad that no one can hear it anymore. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is a cool idea of like, you have something like a little tangible thing. That's, I, I like the idea of a time capsule. Yeah. It's really cool. And it's, it's kind of nice because well, one, I don't hate it. Like I actually really am yeah. proud of this album. And so I like, it's hard to go back and listen to oh, things very, that very. you used to make and be like, ooh, this is garbage. Ooh, ooh yeah. Uh, but I, I really like this album. And so here we are many, many years later with the finished, quote unquote, finished product. And yeah, I'm happy with it still. Yeah, and that's that, good. That probably means that, like, it's good enough to be put yeah, out. And so here you out, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because a cool thing that I, um, whenever I personally write songs, I have to have something tangible I'm writing to. And how I translate that is through writing a story, as as you've seen. So when I hear these kinds of songs, all I have is just imagery in my head. Yeah. So did you have like a specific kind of like thought process or like, did you just like, it was literally just sit down and you noodled it out or was it just like, okay, this is like kind of what I'm trying to convey in this song. Cause I only, I only have the one so far. Yeah. Yeah. So I've, and it, it's pretty, it's pretty. <laughs> uh, and, and I'll get into how my brain processes that one. Yeah. Yeah. But so this was, I mean, I was just digging through Ableton and just seeing like, what the heck is this? Yeah. I think I had had 
Pro Tools for like a little bit. So complicated. Yeah. And so I had I would just like open it. And just stare at a blank canvas. Yeah. And be like, this is awful. <laughs> yeah. And so it, with Ableton instead, a lot of people say that Ableton is like, oh, it has a steep learning curve. It's like weird and obtuse. But I think those people are used to other DAWs. Have them learn LSDJ. You want to talk about a steep learning curve. <laughs> but I feel like whenever I opened up Ableton, it was just like, here's your track. You go over to the side where like the folders say audio effects and you just drag that onto the track Easy cool. peasy. you have an audio effect and so kind of the first things i did i had my guitar i plugged it in i was like what are these audio effects and so hey reverb i know what that is yeah it makes a spacey sound and so we have some space you're and big on that church reverb oh yeah oh yeah uh <laughs> and then the other one is delay which like I didn't really know what delay was, but I figured it out pretty quickly. It's like, oh, it's it's an echo. And so this one's pretty slow because as I eventually kind of gathered with this track, I kind of just wanted a looper, but I didn't know what a looper was. And so I just did a looper with delay. I got no, that's clever. Yeah, that's yeah. a clever way of doing it. <laughs> and so I Turned the feedback all the way up, and so it would just repeat over and over again. I mean, that's that's how I did. That's how I learned a lot of my how my harmony ideas work is because I would just pop a delay on and I'd play through one scale, and because I, I would figure out the timing of the delay and then just play the scale each time, so it would just co- like hit the same note like just behind it. Yeah, exactly. And so you can actually hear it at the beginning of the track. There's just a tiny little. Hmm. And that's just for me to hear the tempo of the delay. Clever. Yeah. And so it's still going there. And so then I start with. So then I set the tempo even more and then I move off of it. And so I already had some like background experience with music theory and scales and stuff. And I was familiar enough with guitar to just be able to like, okay, well, here's that's kind of the main yeah. motif of the thing. But like with the with the delay, it was like, whoa, here's way more stuff yeah. happening. And so Which is funny because there's way more stuff happening, but there's not. No, it's not really. Super open. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's literally just guitar. But yeah, and so I didn't necessarily have imagery, but it was more so the tools were dictating what I, gotcha. I was doing. I was talking to my friend Mac yesterday how like sometimes you get like a guitar pedal or something and it's like, oh, this thing just writes songs. Yeah. Like this this is a tool that Exactly. Oh, you plug this thing in and I should it, probably own one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I have one. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like there's there's stuff that like creates ideas for you. And so rather than me being like, you do what I want, I would play with it. And then it would be like, Oh, cool. It's more cooperative with the tools you have. Exactly. And so once I had the delay and I liked what it sounded like, then I threw things into it. And so I had the scale and it's funny because I, with my guitar knowledge now, I play this with the pinky. Mm-hmm. The way I played it then was 
I would move my middle finger. That's kind of how I would almost do it now, just sure. myself. But like, it actually creates a different sound. Yeah. And you get that kind of slidey thing in there, and you get a little bit of that like. Yeah, and some people aren't a fan. I love that sound. Yeah, yeah. Some people like my old teacher just just like you need to turn your mid like way down. I'm like, why? <laughs> <laughs> now you know where my hands going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you just get uh, flat wound strings. Y- no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, have you ever played on flat wounds? It's, yeah, it's I, I have. It's just it's because of my since since as my tone of bass is so. It's been described as trashy, uh, but it's and and I've toned down a lot now. It used to be like if mm. for people listening, it used to be like bass at noon, uh, my mids at like two or three o'clock and then my high at like four to five o'clock. Yeah. And so it was like super tinny and it was super trashy because I was growing up listening to no effects and ranted and misfits. Sure, so sure. it was like super thin. <laughs> and then only up until about like maybe like seven or seven or so years ago. Now it's like my base is at like a three o'clock. My mids are just about a noon or a little before. Okay, okay. And then my high is at three. Wow. So it's like still a lot of high. Still, <laughs> uh, yeah. I like I like a punchy high base. Yeah. I like I like things to pop out loud. I don't. I'm not crazy on thick, like thick thumpy bass. Sure. I think it, I think it has its place. And for me, flat wounds, I can't break that sound. So they're they're comfy, but they're they're boring to me. Yeah. So I, I, I like me a um, I like me a pro steel. I like me a boomer or like just a really like heavy gauge slinky. Mm. So yeah, I, yeah. I like those a lot. Yeah. Well, for me at the time, I still didn't know anything. And so yeah. there's there's no effects on the guitar other than a reverb and, yeah. and a delay The like guitar directly into the interface this is what we got i mean yeah i did the same thing it was uh, i had a crate amp and everything all the knobs were just at max because i didn't understand like <laughs> this is mixing and not like how like i didn't understand that like noon was zero and, and before is a cut and after is like a boost yeah so everything's just boosted distortion on how do i play this like walk among us album <laughs> how do i play this like rocket to russia album yeah and how do i like make my mom like want to shut off the power in the garage <laughs> And so, like, I, I'm with you on that. It's just like, okay, here's my, here's what I know. This button does that, and I like that sound. So that's right. what we're doing. Yeah. Well, I kind of did the opposite, and I just like shut myself in my room, just had my headphones on, and just like, all right, let's just play, play some guitar sounds. Yeah. And so, I guess going back, like the, I really just had the chord, and then I just played around with ideas around the delay i mean a triad gives you a lot anyway yeah exactly and having that fourth in there yeah gives a little bit of tension but not so much that it's like yeah (laughs) yeah so i don't know i i had that foundation and then everything moved on its own i you will hear me continue to describe this album in this way with naive intuition is kind of what was guiding me. I mean, you could word like that or it's just more organic than what you get. 
out yeah. of like someone I say organic. I mean, I, I say, I say more organic, but it's like someone who gets out, out of a learned musician mm. versus someone who you won't get that. Like if you were given that all these tools now with your knowledge, you wouldn't have written that. Right. Exactly. And so it's, it's, it's a great thing of like, you know, I give you this instrument. I'm not going to hear anything. I've heard any of my yeah. other musician friends play because it's all it's new. Right. And that's, that is pretty much what happened is the, like, I don't think I could write this album now. Yeah. I would try too much or I would not let go of something. Yeah. But like this track is literally just guitar reverb delay. In fact, I <laughs> I wanted to have the delay go into the reverb, but I didn't know that I had to right click on the send to enable. And so <laughs> the track doesn't actually like the delay doesn't go into the reverb. The live guitar only goes into the reverb, which actually I like now. Yeah, it sounds good. Because in a way, it's like the guitar that's live, that's playing the new things, is what's given the space, and then everything else is kind of behind it. <laughs> yeah. So it's because we were talking about imagery before. So like for me, when I when I hear this song, I think I ha- I think it's most ambient tracks do this to me anyway maybe just because of how my brain goes with how i write things and my interests of things mm. um this track to me is almost like melancholy and ominous sure uh, okay. when, when i hear this like it's it, it it goes between two things because whenever i wrote anything ambient it was always for like a friend's horror movie project <laughs> or like so it's like i have that already like built in yeah so like the track uh, the track automatically for me is going to be like okay what's happening mm-hmm. i'm waiting for something to happen and it doesn't which is fine mm-hmm. it's just for me i'm like where's that weird like where's that weird diminished chord or where's that like that just that flat five that's going to like mean something's happening mm-hmm. when that's not the case at all yeah. or it's it's melancholy in the sense of like i picture almost like like a lighthouse wiki <laughs> like you're just living by yourself and this is the music that's playing for you just d- because my, my head thinks in like cinematic shots yeah, so it's yeah. like you know you get you wake up you get your lighthouse key you go you you know clean the lighthouse do all, and like you go and it's, it's super like almost melancholy and like lonely mm. when all it really is is just like it's a it's a major scale which intends happy but, and and it's just it's a pretty sound throughout the entire thing but the entire thing in my brain, mind is like when is someone going to die right <laughs> and i don't i don't know if that's healthy but but it's <laughs> but it's uh it's so it's what i got out of it so like hearing you talk about like okay this is literally just me hitting buttons and like figuring stuff out i think that's really that's a really interesting way because i mm. would have never come to that sure well the the imagery that comes to me now which is weird because it's like I didn't make it yeah. with any sort of intention. But after listening to the album for so many years now, I've ascribed meaning to things. Yeah. And so now I have like this feeling of being home. The track is called home. It wasn't called home initially. It was just ambient one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I have that. I have those too. Yeah. And so I named it home just because it, it feels like comfortable it's you're taking a breath and there's just little things that feel like home, like comfort, yeah. like where you go to let go. And so I don't know. I think there's 
something about it that's kind of nostalgic. Yeah. Something about it that's kind of maybe a little bit of like loneliness, like you were saying. Yeah. Because it is the thing by itself, but it's not in a bad way. Like sometimes you do just want to come home and be alone and that's okay. Yeah, it is. And so to me, this track is like unwinding, letting go and being comfortable because now you're done with the day and you're home. That's good. So home, home is, home is a nice thing that I have only, only until I was married, did I have roots? (laughs) So like, it's for me, home now is nice. Mm -hmm. Home before was like, I guess I live here. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So are there parts of the song that you would like specifically like associate with your parents or something like, is it, it and here's a, cause I do this for myself. Mm. For me, every friend that I have is either a scale or a chord huh. in my head. It's like, yeah. this person sounds like this to me. Mm. Um, do you have that with your parents at all? I don't know. I think that, I don't know if I associate this track with my parents, even though I did make it like living with yeah. my parents, but in, in a weird way, it more is associated with, like, my room. I and gotcha. so your room itself, which is just, like, home and then a part of home, so, like, even smaller, which I guess is even lonelier. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think that this kind of is away from parents as well. And so... I gotcha. I don't know, because parents do put, like, pressure on you, especially yeah. whenever you're, like, in school or I was in college at the time, but still, it's still like pressure. But I don't know. There are other tracks. There's actually one other track that does feel like family as well. But I don't know. I feel like this one is just like the self inwards. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. (laughs) So, so I know, I know what you're about musically now, (laughs) but so at that time when you were noodling with this, like what was, what were like, I would let's generally like your, your top five albums that you would be having in your room. <laughs> Cause I, I know one, yeah. I know one is going to be what, like in rainbows or yeah. rainbows. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely in rainbows. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know that's one of them. That probably would have been. So in rainbows, number one, also the devil and God are raging inside me by brand new. Okay. You can play these songs with chords by death cab for cutie. Okay. And, Probably like the Halo 2 soundtrack. Hey, (laughs) that's a good soundtrack. Yeah, which is, I mean, it's funny because I sort of backed my way into ambient music. Yeah. I didn't intend to get here. And so maybe now I would look at it and be like, yeah, this is like some Brian Eno or some Johnny Greenwood who is the guitarist for Radiohead, but he scores movie soundtracks. Maybe even, I mean, other video game stuff i was still very into video games then and more so now and so i think video games informed my knowledge of ambient music you don't say (laughs) (laughs) but like something else is whenever i showed some of my music to a different friend he was like oh check out just minimalists and so Mm -hmm. steve reich philip glass terry riley those sorts of dudes, it's like, oh, yeah, that's that is what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is funny because you described those albums and like I totally can hear that in huh. 
in that song. I can t- I can totally hear Death Cab for Cutie in that song. Yeah, I can. T- it's like because all they have to do is have because I'm uh, the vocalist. I forget his name. Ben Gibbard. Okay, all they have to do is have him with some pretty like some pretty like not so much counter melody, but like some sort of like harmony melody. Yeah, just like something simple going over that, and it's it's done. Yeah, it could be a, a Death Cab song. Yeah, and it's then easy. just have some like. Pretty cool rhythmic drums underneath. I mean, maybe. Yeah, it, maybe. You, you don't even have to, really. But I can t- I can hear those. I, I mean, maybe not so much brand new. But, right. Uh, but I can totally <laughs> hear, I can totally hear Death Cab. I can hear Radiohead. I can hear all that stuff in there. That's really, that's interesting. Well, good. <laughs> I, in a weird way, like I'm flattered that my influences are in there. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> they're, always, they're always there. So, like with, I mean, like, clearly, <laughs> I'm a video game music guy. Right, right. But uh, it's... I, I think I, I think those those soundtracks don't get the credit that they deserve Definitely. because those those guys work insanely hard. Mm-hmm. Like even down to like original like Sega Nintendo like programming music is hard. Yeah, so hard. And like I do I do it basic and it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> so like those kinds of soundtracks and just because now I know it doesn't have to do with the song, but now I'm wondering. So give me like give me like your top five game soundtracks. Cause it's something I want to know for my, for my own reasons. Yes. So transistor. Okay. Darren Korb is like number one. Okay. Number two is probably Fez disaster piece. Y- you would like Fez. Fez is so good. <laughs> and the, the soundtrack is so good. Cause it's, it's that minimalistness in it. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's also so mode based yes it's extremely modal and that's that's how disaster piece writes a lot too but it's it's just beyond chiptune yeah like it is chiptune but it's just beyond it. yeah it's, it's a little bit it's a little bit further ahead like like a i don't know some people make like fake chiptune which is like yeah we're using the tools yeah of chiptune music and the sounds of it but there's there's stuff in here that yeah. you couldn't make with a game boy or a or an NES sound card yeah what else? I mean, probably still the Halo Two. It's so good soundtrack. It's, it's so, good. so good. Is that the one that had Breaking Benjamin? Yes. Yeah. And just randomly in the middle of it, just blow me away. Just started. I remember playing that and being so like, "What is happening?" <laughs> Incubus was also in it. Who Stank was in it? Really? I did uh, not know that. Yeah. And oh, who was the last one? Steve Vai played on it. Really? Well, I yeah. mean, I could totally see that, but like, yeah, yeah. I had, I, I only knew of Breaking Benjamin. Yeah, yeah. So and I need to go back and listen to it then. And insane, Nile Rogers produced it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they had money, I guess. I mean, Halo, Halo 1 made them like a good amount of money. Yeah, so yeah. Halo 2 was like a huge thing. Yeah. Nile Rogers produced, and they put out like two two albums because it was like a double album yeah because there's so much music in mm-hmm. video games but nile rogers produced both of them really which is just yeah i think he's he also produced the halo 3 ost as well so it's like he's he's just in there it's hard to top halo 3 right it's hard to top the i can't even call it a score because it's also sound design but the soundtrack for inside by play dead i i'm influenced by a lot of indie games anyways I mean, that's fine yeah. I, yeah i'm trying to think if i know that because i don't know if i know that one so that one is like both it's both score and sound design at the same time okay it's, it's they're not separate because there's like points in the game that are like kind of rhythmic mm-hmm. and sounds that are happening in it that are musical but then there's like i don't know it's it's 
they're inseparable. Sound yeah. design and soundtrack are inseparable in that game. And that, that is and, and, and what game is that? Inside. Inside. I'm need to look that up because yeah. that sounds that sounds like up my alley. <laughs> but it is oh oh, of course, Portal Two. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a good one that's a really good one mike moraski does and he doesn't get enough credit because the the portal 2 soundtrack is under aperture science psychoacoustics laboratory yeah and so mike moraski doesn't get that credit yeah but he should because he did so well on that soundtrack i think inside is a master class in like embedding sound design with score Mm-hmm. I think Portal 2 is just a masterclass in video game music at all. It's embedded in the game in complex ways, in simple ways, and how like you get close to a thing and the music comes up or you you do one thing in the game and like a little musical thing plays. And it's just so perfect how it is in, in Portal 2. But yeah, I, I think that was five. <laughs> I mean, that's fine. It's I can, oh, I can hash music soundtracks all day. Right. Uh, because I guess if I was if I really had to pick my own and some of these will come through like a lot, I think is a big one for me was and even though I didn't know it at the time, because it actually originally turned me off to JRPGs mm. for a long time because of my own dyslexia. I couldn't read what was happening in the game. So I, <laughs> so I was like, this game sucks. <laughs> this isn't Mario was Final Fantasy seven taught yeah. me a lot of motif. Yeah. And like I that theme to me still like is perfect. And one winged angel is just like. It's a classic. Yeah, I mean, it's because it's also an Obometsu was just like, I have all these random things and it was, and it's similar to how I write music is I write parts and then I put them together as like a puzzle to see how they fit. Mm-hmm. And so he, that's how he wrote One Wing Angels. He just wrote all these separate little things and was just like, um, okay, this works. And then right. just like went off that. Right. So, well, uh, Coheed and Cambria is your favorite band, right? Yes. And so like progressive rock and video game music is so <laughs> intertwined yeah. uh, again the halo 2 soundtrack is just a prog rock album yeah with some orchestra stuff in it yeah which is <laughs> great yeah uh and i guess it's also donkey Kong country 2 mm. because that uh, i forget that that guy's name too i'm awful at names or composers and i should learn them and i because i should be able to say them as i can was that grant kirkhope or no, was that he, before him that was before him because he he came out on 64 okay which was still great. <laughs> uh, I'd say that one, Warcraft, Orcs and Humans. Nice. Just that weird, like medieval sound mm-hmm. that I loved so much. <laughs> For the ambient stuff, which is something I think I think you would dig it too. The original theme wasn't, but on the Game Boy Advance game of Klonoa. Okay. There's like there's a few ambient tracks, and I'm like, like Santiago would love this. <laughs> and then the main thing is totally like something I would have loved growing mm-hmm. up. Cause it's it's super like pop punk. Yeah. And then Silent Hill is a huge influence idea for me because it's just like how 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 can i get these because a big thing for me is just for me music has to be thematic Mm. and i that's i guess that's why i gravitated towards coheed so much when i finally like listened to him because i didn't get into them until college right right only because i became best friends with john and that's his favorite band he's like hey you want to like sit down and like listen to this album and read this book first (laughs) i was like oh okay and so I, i read through his book and then we sat down and we listened to good apollo and i was like oh Oh no, yeah, exactly. I totally get this now. And so now that I went and bought the books and like read through everything and then I was just, I was hooked Yeah, because I, I grew up listening to, you know, I said, sorry, mentioned them multiple times, but like things like Ramones and Misfits and stuff like that. So it was like, for me, it's like, this song's called Teenage Lobotomy. Why? Because I was stuck in a mental home and I wanted them to give me a lobotomy so I could fucking leave. <laughs> and like, 
that. So yeah. I was used to that. And now it was, if it's a, here's this whole like lore and backstory, mm-hmm. which then became yeah. my whole thing. Right. And so back to the track. So <laughs> is there, I know you like it now, but, and this may, this may be asking too much. If you were to write that song now, like that scale, mm-hmm. How how would you in if you can like maybe like do a snippet on the guitar? Yeah, yeah. How would you how would you go about that scale now? I would probably I wouldn't add a whole lot more. But actually, earlier I was kind of noodling with it and just throwing different ideas uh-huh. on it. Something else I would do is I would have the delay <laughs> go into the reverb. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I'd still debate about that. But I think. The main motif is still that, so. And then still have these guys. this guy in there which I actually uh, <laughs> I later realized that that little that last part of that melody mm-hmm. is Poker Face by Lady Gaga hey carry mine carry <laughs> mine no you <laughs> oh gosh, I messed up the, the, the delay. Yeah, no, it's all. <laughs> <laughs> but here. There it is. So I would probably do something like in this middle area. since I ground it down here I would kind of follow all the way up in the range of the guitar I don't know if I would go any further down I think I would just like fill out the range a little bit more. But yeah, I don't think it needs a whole lot more. Even no, it, now. it doesn't. I could do a bass, but it doesn't need it. Wow. I could do drums, but it doesn't need it. It could have a synth. It doesn't need it. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> need anything. It's just it's just interesting to see like, OK, how would you write mm. that song now? Yeah. And like I can show you post this recording about like how awful my original guitar writing was and i could be like look at this how bad this song is i don't know what i'd do to it because it's 
it's nothing. <laughs> yeah. But like, I think even still my roots that come from this still bleed into the stuff that I'm doing now. And yeah. so it's like, here's a simple major scale. It doesn't need a whole lot. It doesn't need a whole lot of tension. I don't need to like make this suddenly like a seven flat nine chord no, or do some sort to. of extensions. I mean, you never ever need to do that, but it's, it's fun, <laughs> but you never ever need to. No, I mean, I, there's a piece that I wrote recently that I, I went ham oh, yeah. with chord extensions. Just like how many more in here can I cram in? And that's a fun thing otherwise, but at some point, once you add more extensions, it, it starts getting muddy and it starts getting a little too tense. And this song isn't meant to be tense. It's meant to be home. We, I mean, we, yeah, I mean, that's, you get the message across. Yeah. It, it, totally, it totally fits that. I, I'm the one who makes it creepy in my own mind. <laughs> I'm the one who makes it like something's bad's about to happen. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a fun track. Like I said, I'm the one who makes it creepy. So I'm sure everyone else is like, no, this is really pretty, Michael. I'm like, I mean, is it? <laughs> uh, but it's it's super great. I think I think the album is going to be fun. Yeah. I'm excited to hear the rest of it. Yeah. I think a final note, and I guess I, I never really mentioned it, but like there's there's the three main ideas. I guess you could also say four with just like the, the building, the triad in the beginning. Yeah. But then there is the the high one, which kind of sounds like bells. Whoops. <laughs> which I I like the later on I add some syncopation with the delay. And then here's syncopation. And that's like one of the only times that like the rhythm kind of changes mm -hmm. uh, throughout the whole thing. But yeah, and then there's this guy. And then it becomes poker face, but yeah. I mean, I've done it. I've, I've written I've written two <laughs> Green Day songs, a Three Inches of Blood song, and like... <laughs> I think I wrote Journey one time. Right. So it's it mathematically you can only write so much. Right, right. But those are really the only things in the track, which is like it it goes to show, and I think this whole album goes to show that like you don't need no. to get too dense with stuff if if the track doesn't need it. And no. so just like serve serve the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something I have to constantly remind myself <laughs> to because John, John and I both do that. Like, I mean, like we did with Goblin March was like, there's a random Primus breakdown for like no reason. <laughs> where we're both doing slap bass and slap guitar at the same time. We have a Game Boy going. We have Julian doing whatever on drums. There's like so many things happening <laughs> at once. So yeah. it's like eventually we made it work. But like it's like ser serving the song, I think, is like a a important thing that a lot of songwriters tend to forget is like, yeah, I'm writing this song and I'm trying to convey this thing. Yeah. But like, at what point am I doing too much for? Yeah. Cause demo loves always a thing too, but like, that's a whole other conversation. Right. But, right. Uh, yeah. Like the, the idea of like, take something away, I guess it's, it's that Coco Chanel saying before you leave the house, take off one accessory. Hmm. Cause you don't need it. Yeah. So it's like that kind that kind of like walk away from that track with that idea. It's like, okay, this track is good. This track is pretty. It's three things. Mm -hmm. And 
Because that's that's I mean pop music does that too. Yeah, yeah. But they do it to where it's maddening. Right. But it's it's you know this isn't this is more of like it's a fun experiment of you know here is the bare minimum and what do I get out of it and I think the idea of like a fun time capsules I totally hear that this totally sounds like Mm -hmm. like you know inside kids suburbs Mm. like experimenting with stuff in his room by himself also creepy lighthouse caretaker <laughs> that will be attacked by a giant moth or something. I don't know. That, that, that would be a, a really good thing. So that's, I, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's where I got it. It's, it's, that's a, that's another indie game. I, I just, I saw it uh, like a, a little while ago. That's why I thought of that. I think it's called no one lives under the lighthouse. Oh, it's like, it's like, mm-hmm. a, it's like someone did a, a horror game in the style of like PS one. Oh, okay. Okay. You should look. I was, I was thinking of to the moon that has a lighthouse in it, but yeah. <laughs> and I think one last thing is that I decided to just have it fade out with just like letting the delay yeah. run out. I mean, that's it, it does, it's it's already playing the song for you. Right. And it, so anything I you add to that delay is just going to continue the song. Right. And so rather than like a faster fade out, I guess I had just like eh, let it let play it out. Yeah. And and that's OK. So, yeah. Plug your stuff. You had mentioned all the all these other projects that you're doing. Oh, yeah. So, it's like, yeah. so you can follow me at because my Twitter handle had to change uh, <laughs> because I was originally banned from Twitter for something else, which wasn't my fault. Robots of Twitter. Um, <laughs> I'm at Metroid Mike Music on Twitter. I'm at Metroid Mike on Instagram. I have a Metroid Mike Facebook page. The Facebook page is now has a lot less activity on it because I don't pay Facebook. Right. Because I refuse to pay them. Yeah. My Twitter's active. My Instagram stories are more active than anything else because I can just just make music joke posts on my stories that are gone. Yeah. But you can find me on there. Uh, we're still working on that album after four years of working <laughs> on it because it's been a huge undertaking that we have a lot of plans for. And I just I know I talked about like, you know, serving the song and like not doing too much, but I'm doing so much outside of the album. Yeah. yeah. That it, it has to be this whole other parade of content content you You gotta do that nowadays yeah yeah like it's we talked about the last time i was on your podcast was like it can't just be an album anymore it has to be it has to be the album has to be the book it has to be the show it has to be the merch it's the whole yeah and i and mine had to be the comedy based stage play based on a podcast and a DD game that i love so much (laughs) you can follow me on all those metroid mike with y's m-e-t-r-o-y-d space m-y-k because i don't own those rights yes and um, once if i ever get my cease and desist i'll frame it but you follow me on those i'm on Bandcamp. i'm on spotify i'm on all those things find me on there you can bother me on those things i'll reply to you i'll tell you i'll tell you what i think and most yeah. time it's not going to be a serious reply so <laughs> sweet yeah thank you so much for doing this with no me. problem this has been great <laughs> and now here's home in its entirety
You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music. Bloom will be available on August 8th, streaming everywhere. Put it on in the background, put it on your workout playlist, show it to your friends so you can all enjoy it together. You can also buy the thing and get bonus content to get a bit deep into the emotions you can feel with it. I also make music with PowerCycle, an experimental electronic trio. Our first completely improvised album, Too Many Damn Cables, is streaming everywhere. More to come from PowerCycle in the future. To support this podcast, leave reviews, comments, tell your friends about it, and buy my music, because by supporting me, you're supporting the podcast. I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails, it's going to be okay, I might be wrong.